Romans chapter 1. We've started, uh, after finishing Mark up, we decided to go through Romans. Um, and have really, really enjoyed our time of studying in there so far. So we're going to um, like to attempt to look at the first uh, seven verses of uh, Romans chapter 1 with you all uh, this afternoon. All right, Romans chapter 1, starting in verse 1. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and according to and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to faith among all nations for His name, among whom are ye also the called of Jesus Christ. To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace Grace to you and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Um, so we kind of have the introduction to um, to this book here. And uh, first off, I'd like to take a look at, um, and we're just going to go verse by verse through um, through and taking a look at this. Um, but in verse 1, first I'd like us to take a look at uh, Paul's credentials. Um so Paul is giving his uh, his credentials here for uh, for writing the book of Romans. And uh, one thing that I found interesting as uh, as I was studying through all of this uh, that I had never realized is the name um, Paul. As we know that um, you know Paul's original name was Saul, and he changed it to Paul. Well, the uh, the interesting thing is, you know, Saul had a, um, you know, a significance among the Jewish people. That was the name of the first king of of Israel. Um, that would be like naming one of our kids George after George Washington. It has, you know, some esteem behind it. Well, the name Paul means little one. So right off we have, um, you know, just a, a posture of humility from uh, from Paul as he's addressing the uh, the Roman church going from you know Saul the name of kings and changing his name to Paul or little one um, then next we have a servant of Jesus Christ um, and now we're getting into into the nitty-gritty um, a servant so in willing subjection to the father um, and brothers and sisters, that's really the best place to be is to be in service to the Father. Uh, I was thinking as Lewis has been preaching through uh, Psalm, uh, really Psalm 115, I think kind of aligned with um, with the thought on this. But, um, you know, you've got so many people in the world of, you know, with this mindset of, well, I will be in subject to no man. I'll be, you know. I'm going to be free. Um, like I think it was Frank Sinatra that song. Just, just let me be me. I want to be free. Um, you, you're never truly free. There's uh, that old saying: only two options on the self: ser- uh, serving God or serving self. So you are enslaved to someone. Um, it can be Christ, <clears throat> and as he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Or 
as uh, Lewis has preached through uh, Psalm 115, you're enslaved to yourself. Um, and I thought of an, an analogy actually driving in this morning to, to think about this, you know, because we all see these people in the world and they've, they've got, you know, it really seems like they've got no cares whatsoever. They've, you know, they're posting, um, I hate social media, but, you know, these pictures with 150 filters, um, I think it could even make me look pretty half the time or with if I used half of those. Um, but everything is just so glamorous. It looks like they don't have a care in the world. Um, and uh, when me and Margaret were in the hospital having Freddie, uh, she likes to watch this uh, HGTV, which is remodeling shows, um, just because, you know, she enjoys it. Um, I can't, if y'all know me well enough, I can't stand remodeling shows. Uh, rather than a fixer-upper, I'm a putter-offer. Um, get the, you know, save that for later. But, uh, but some of these shows, they'll see this house and, you know, they'll buy it, uh, for a price and they'll go in and try to remodel it and, and redo it. And there's some of those that will have these, you know, they look like a beautiful house. You know, it's two stories, got five bedrooms, three bathrooms. But then when they tear into it, what do they find? Well, the bones are no good. The foundation's cracked. Um, it's suffering under the weight of itself just to keep itself upright. Um, that is, that's what enslavement to yourself looks like. On the outside, um, it looks like, you know, a pretty nice house. It looks like you've got things kind of figured out. But then the bones, it's struggling under the weight because the, the yoke of, of self-service, um, you know, and being enslaved to yourself and your own desires, uh, rather than the yoke being easy, the yoke is hard. Um, you know, what do the old timers say when they're comparing their lives to people now? I worked, I walked to school up ways or uphill both ways and it was raining every time I did it. Um, that's, it's hard. Um, so, uh, Paul is willingly a servant of Jesus Christ. Um, and it's a good thing. It's a positive thing to be uh, in submission to, um, you know, to the master because um, he is a good master. Um, next, we'll have called to be an apostle. Um, Paul really had a unique, um, you know, and a unique or it's kind of a unique case. Um, he was the only apostle not to walk with Christ during his, you know, during his earthly ministry, uh, but was called after. Um, and it's, you know, really interesting to see, you know, his admittance of that, that yes, I was called to be an apostle or, um, he's really giving his credential or his reason for being there is I was called to be an apostle. Um, and we see that in, um, Acts chapter nine, if you'll turn with me there, Acts chapter nine, We're going to read the first uh, 16 verses. Acts chapter 9, starting in verse uh, verse 1. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired him desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him 
a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard the voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Lord, who or he said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembled and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into a city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight, neither did eat nor drink. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and he and to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he, and he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street, which is called the Straight, and inquire of the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth, and he hath seen a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and putting his, hands on him, his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man, how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. And the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is cho a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great, thing, how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. So I know that's a... Um, a lengthier section, um, but I couldn't figure out a better way to, uh, to split it up without getting all of the everything in there. But Paul was specifically chosen and set apart by God to be, you know, to be an apostle. Um, and what was he set apart? Uh, set apart. Well, we see that in the next uh, the next part. Separated unto the gospel, or set apart to share the gospel. Um, that was his purpose. Um, so, you know, what is, uh, what is that gospel then? Well, then we're going to jump right into it. And that's what he's, um, uh, what he's getting to in this first little section. Um, so in verse, uh, verse number two, after we have Paul's credentials, um, we now have the gospel promised. Um, and isn't it a, a beautiful reality that we do not, um, we do not worship a man-made God. That this is not a a brand new religion that was contrived. Um, you know, you think of some of these. Uh, I remember in school learning about. You know, we had a uh, Christian homeschool curriculum, and there were. Um, you know, they would teach you about Islam and how it started. Um, you know, and this, um, the fact that the gospel um, and Jesus Christ Himself was promised by many men before, you know, ages and ages apart, um, having no contact with each other, being from different walks of life, different situations, and they all collaborated and that there's no contradictions in what they say. Um, brothers and sisters, that's, it's incredible. Um, and what Paul is telling to the, uh, you know, the Christians here as well is, you know, he's just reaffirming this is no new religion. This is just the the 
um, the fulfillment or the confirmation of what God had in plan the whole time as he had prophesied, um, as he had foretold. Um, turn with me to uh, Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22. We're going to be looking at uh, verse 18 here. It's a well, well-known verse. Genesis chapter 22, verse 18. And thy seed shall be, shall be, or apologize. And in thy seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. Um, so this is God speaking to Abraham. Um, and you've got, you know, in thy seed. So, you know, Jesus is of the seed of the nation of Israel. You know, he was an Israelite. And he's saying, through him, all of the nations shall be blessed. Well, brothers and sisters, that's us. That's We were brought in. We're the all nations that are blessed of the seed of Abraham. Um, and this was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before, um, you know, Christ was, you know, is in the picture. But this is all being foretold, um, you know, that it would happen. Um Another uh, kind of along those same lines, uh, turn with me to Galatians chapter three, verse eight. This is still along the um, just looking at that same thought from a little bit different angle. Galatians three, eight. Galatians three, eight. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith are the same, the same are the children of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen, heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. Um, so just, again, that's kind of confirming that thought of, you know, through Christ, all the nations were blessed. And this was, Something that was, you know, that was a prophecy that this would be all be fulfilled, um, you know, way before. You do have, um, you know, also in uh, Genesis uh, 3.15, you have, uh, there will be enmity between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise its heel. Um, that's a prophecy of Christ and His work on the cross that was way before. That's, you know, at the beginning of the world that that was uh, prophesied. And it's, you know... It has come true in Christ. Um, of course, we've also got, last time I was up here, we read uh, Isaiah 53, so I'm not going to read through that again. But that, um, again, Isaiah gives a detailed, um, you know, a detailed account of the sufferings of Christ and what he's going to be, um, what he's going to be going through. Um, you know, and it's not the way that you would prophesy if you were trying to be, be accurate. Um, you know, it's almost like fortune cookies. You open up a fortune cookie and it, it's the most vague thing you'll, you know, you'll ever read. It's, you're going to have a good day someday, possibly. Um, you know, you have a good day, you know, a month from now. It's like, oh, that, you know, it was right. Um, the, Isaiah wasn't vague. He, you know, they'll cast lots for his clothing. Well, that happened. Um, you know, you've got the scripture, not a bone of his body would be broken. Well, that was highly unlikely. It was common for them to break the legs, but he he died before, and they you know they didn't they broke protocol. Um, if you were trying to be accurate, you wouldn't you know 
you'd leave out as much detail as possible. But it's not about trying to be accurate with a man-made, man-contrived um, idea. It's God-inspired that this is, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of a better term, but God kind of calling His shot of this is the way it is going to happen. And I'm going to tell you, Isaiah, so you can pin it down and then those that see afterward will be amazed at how I fulfill exactly as I said I would do it. Um, it's incredible. You know, we do not believe in a, you know, it's not a man-made contradictory doctrine. Um, you know, we didn't have one guy go into isolation in a cave and come out and be the only one and said, I've heard from, you know, I've heard from God and I have this new religion. It's not the way it is. We have, um, many men and all of this is confirmed, you know, prophesied of the prophets. Um, and what were they can, you know, what were they confirming? What were they uh, prophesying of? Well, the fulfillment of the, of the whole thing is concerning his son, Jesus Christ, as we see in verse three. Um, so we have the gospel promised and now we have the gospel fulfilled. And this is the culmination. This is the, the, the tip of the ice, you know, the, the point of the story, um, is Jesus Christ. Um, uh, in this, uh, in verse three, we also see that made in the seed, made of the seed of David according to flesh. Um, so not according to his spiritual heritage, but according to his fleshly, you know, his body, uh, bodily heritage. Um, he was, he's pointing out that he was of the seed of David. Well, well why, you know, why does that matter? Did it, you know, does it really matter that he was of the seed of David? Yes, because God had promised that he would be. Um, <clears throat> So turn with me to Jeremiah uh, 23. Jeremiah 23. <clears throat> We're going to be starting in verse uh, verse 5. Jeremiah 23, verse 5. Behold, the day is come has come, saith the Lord, and I will raise up unto David a righteous branch. A king shall reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and justice in, in the earth. So, brothers and sisters, that is Jesus Christ being prophesied many years before um, that He would be of the seed of David and He would reign among the earth. Um, you know, you've also got... Um, that's why Matthew 1 um, has the whole genealogy there. It's because that was important because that is the fulfillment of prophecy. And you also look at um, you know, just the, the things that went into Christ in, in Matthew 1. We're, we're not going to go there for, for time's sake. Um, but just all of the situations, all of the things that God used... Um, you know, we hear all the time God can hit a straight lick with a crooked stick. There were some really, you know, messed up situations in the genealogy of, you know, that led to Christ. Um, God can take a bad situation and a bad act by somebody and bring about something beautiful from it. Um, he's, he's the only one that can. Um, so, that is in uh, verse chapter three. Now we move on to verse uh, verse four. 
and declared to be the Son of God with power. Um, so if you don't, you know, if you uh, miss the genealogy of, um, you know, Paul is just laying out bulletin points here. Um, it was promised afore by the prophets in the Holy Scriptures. He was the son of David as promised. And if you didn't see that, then you uh, most certainly saw his act, you know, his, um, him proclaiming himself with power. Um, the miracles and things that Christ did, there's no, no one else that, it, you know, um, besides uh, the apostles in certain situations, but Christ was healing sick was, um, as Lewis read this morning, there were, uh, they were astonished that no man spoke like him, that there was no one else that, that knew the things that he knew, even as a young age. Um, you know, we have the story of, uh, Joseph and Mary leaving him in the temple and they come back and, and they're astounded because these, uh, teachers are sitting around being taught by Jesus as a young, as a young boy. Um, he was declared, uh, to be the Son of God with power. Uh, it wasn't just, um, by words and it was confirmed by the way that he, uh, you know, displayed his power here on earth. So we have uh, declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness. And that uh, is simply going to mean, you know, being quickened by the Holy Spirit. Um, so he was quickened by the Holy Spirit um, to what end? To the resurrection uh, to the resurrection from the dead. Um, that there is an empty tomb. Um, I saw a uh, I saw this years ago, but there was a uh, History Channel story of you know finding Jesus, and they're still looking for the tomb, um, trying to you know prove that he didn't really rise you know raise from the dead. Well, they haven't found it. Um, you know if the uh, and trust me, there have been plenty of people that have desperately looked. Uh, the Pharisees would have loved nothing more than to have found, you know, found Christ's body when he when he disappeared, because they wanted nothing to do with his uh, with his claim or with his power. Um, and when they couldn't find him, they just killed the ones that followed him, hoping to annihilate the whole movement. Um, you know, you've also got, um, uh, of course, the. Uh, the Romans weren't too keen on him being an earthly king either, so they were trying to desperately to find him. There's so many um, people that have vested interest in finding him. Well, he's not there. He's he is gone to be with the Father, as he as he said. And there were witnesses that saw him risen. Um, so the gospel being fully fulfilled. Um, and that's in verses uh, three through four, and then starting in verse five, we kind of see a shift um, to the called people. In verse five, it's by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to faith among all nations for His name. Um, by Him, uh, you know that great gospel that was promised um, that all the men, you know all of those men foretold, well, is now fulfilled and it is bestowed to us that we have been, um, 
we have been received grace um, and apostleship to the obedience that we now willingly, um, similar to Paul, enter into willing service of God the Father, um, you know, through Christ. Um, and the obedience of faith that is belief. So we believe what he says. Um, believing all the things Christ said, you know, uh, all the things he taught, all the things he said about himself, we believe those to be true. Um, turn with me to Second uh, Thessalonians 2.13. Second Thessalonians. Chapter 2, verse 13. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of God, because God hath from the beginning chose you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and the belief of truth. And isn't that just a, a beautiful thought that um, God, before the foundation of the world, drew us out of darkness or chose us out of darkness and, and decided to draw us into His light through through the belief of the gospel, that all of this has been um, working throughout all ages, throughout all times, um, for God to redeem His people, and and it was certainly not of anything um, anything that we could have done. Um, you know, as uh, as Lewis was pointing out this uh, in this morning, we've we have all fallen short of um, the qualifications. Um, it's like a kid trying to get on a roller coaster, uh, except we're not even as close as those kids are half the time. You've got must be this tall to ride the ride. They're way, you know, we're way below. We don't measure up. Um, but through Christ, we have acceptance and we have uh, been called to, um, you know, receive this grace, um, this free gift of God. Um, and it is among all nations, um, so it's not just one uh, one bloodline anymore, like it was with the children of Israel. You know, you didn't have to be um, born of this one sect anymore. But it's all uh, all nations, all creeds, all tongues, all uh, all that believeth will come will come unto Him. Um, that God, without exception, will find His. His people and draw them to Himself. Um, me and Robert were talking a minute ago that, and that's a beautiful thought that it's no longer up to us. You know, it's or it's not wasn't up to us to begin with. Uh, so that's a poor poor uh, choice of words. But um, it's not up to us that we don't carry the weight of if I don't share the you know if I don't share the gospel twenty four seven three hundred sixty five you know. Someone's going to perish and go to hell because of me. Um, it's not up to you. Um, and that's a comfort. Um, because if it was, hell would be full. Um, and no one would be going to heaven because we can't do it. It's We are incapable if it's left into our hands. Um, so, uh, 
And why is all of this done? This is uh, one of my favorite parts. For His name. Um, or for the glory of His name. And so it's not, um, not that we might receive glory and, uh, you know, um, that we would be standing around, you know, uh, standing around the adulterous woman pointing fingers saying, well, we're better than, we're better than you. Um, that's not the point of it. It's that we might, through our obedience and through our belief, bring glory to God and to His name throughout the whole world. Um, we'll get to that here in a, uh, in the next message. That's a, a little sneak preview, but, um, but the fact that all of this is for the glory of His name, um, that it is not to bring glory uh, to us, because if we have a proper view of the gospel, we realize that in and of myself, I can do none of this. I don't measure up. Um, we're in the, you know, we're in the position of the adulterous woman sitting there going, I am guilty. Um, and I'm, I'm condemned. These are my last, my last breaths as a li- you know, as a living individual. Um, you know, that's, uh, uh, a burdensome spot to be, but in Christ we have freedom from that. Um, so we have been, uh, ooh, apologize. We've been received to great, uh, to apostleship, um, and among whom, ye, uh, in verse six, among whom are ye also the called of Jesus Christ. Um, so, now, us reading this now, we are just as called of Jesus Christ as they were back then. Um, that we are grafted in. And th- isn't that a beautiful thought that Christ grafted us in, that we're, um, of, you know, the Gentiles, we're considered dogs and we have been grafted into the glorious salvation and that the Jews that believed and the, uh, and now us that believe, we're all going to have the same heavenly home, um, with Christ. Um, you know, that's a beautiful thought that, you know, the, uh, the dogs even get the crumbs from the master's table. Um, so we are the ones, uh, chosen from the beginning. Um, and in verse seven, as he's closing out, uh, to all that be, be in Rome, beloved of God. Um, that has been a, a sweet meditation that, we are no longer enemies of God, but now that we are, um, we are beloved. Um, no one, it, it, he could have said loved. He could have said liked, but beloved. That has a, to me, it has a deeper, more full meaning. Um, you know, when you, uh, you don't just say my beloved to your kids. That's usually to your wife, right? That's, it's a special, it's a more intimate, um, uh, connotation than, than just a regular, uh, you know, I love you. It's, no, my beloved. So the, uh, you know, the love of God toward us that He would call us beloved, called to be saints. Um, so we are, we are called to be His saints. Um, that's just a beautiful thought. Uh, and then, of course, closes out this section, grace to you, peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So in reading this, you know, uh, you're probably asking, and this is the next section, but what is, you know, what is the application of this? And I, I had a, a thought as I was, um, as I was studying this, but 
You know, Romans, this is the longest book that or epistle that Paul um, Paul writes. And it's one of the richest books. Um, you know, there is uh, just in this first chapter, there is so much meat packed on the bone that, I mean, you don't have to have much sense to find something out of, you know, out of reading a chapter. Um, so the fact that he starts off with this, um, brothers and sisters, this is the utmost important thing. Um, if we don't get this, if we don't have the gospel as our cornerstone and the true, um, the foundation, then the rest of this book, we can pack it up and go home. It means absolutely nothing. Um, that we understand the gospel of Jesus Christ um, and have full belief and confidence. And that's why he's um, why he writes all of this, that it was promised um, of his prophets that he was the seed of David, as was promised, that he displayed his power and his uh, lordship through his uh, miracles and his works and through that uh, through the resurrection of the dead as the utmost uh, the utmost thing. Um, so to believers, you know, what do we do with this? Well, we, we have confidence. We have full belief and confidence, um, that Christ is who he said he was. And no matter what people throw against us, the bulwarks that come, uh, that assail us, that say, um, you know, there are contradictions here. There are uh, things that don't add up here. Um, like Lewis said a couple weeks ago that, you know, most of the time you can say, well, show me one. And they, they can't. They just heard somebody, somebody who knew somebody that said there was. Um, we can have full confidence that this, you know, this is true. Um, that it is no new, new man, uh, man centered, uh, creation or gospel that, um, uh, that all of this has been, um, foretold through scriptures and it's the same, God and and Genesis that is in uh, Revelation, the same God throughout the whole Bible, um, and that all the writers agree and confirm that it's true. And even more, that we may have hope um, that if God cared enough to to work all of this uh, to work in the in the Old Testament, the prophecies and everything leading up, you know, the intricate detail. Um, he will continue, uh, you know, continue to work now just as he did back then. Um, turn with me to first, uh, first Peter, first Peter three. We're going to be reading verse 15. Um, again, a well known, well known verse. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that, that asketh you a reason for, of the hope that is within you with meekness and fear. And that is ultimately the, um, what hope leads to. Um, you know, the gospel message, we've all heard it, um, many times if you're, you know, if you've uh, been a believer long and yet, it seems a million times a day we forget it and have to remind ourselves of um, of what the work of Christ or what uh, work has been done in us through Christ. Um, and the ultimate 
reason for that, the reason that we um, we have to constantly preach that to ourselves is that our hope may remain full, that we can fully anticipate when we lose track of the gospel, we focus, our eyes move from upward to ground level. Um, and that's when people get, you know, depressed about politics. You know, there's so much depression in the world today. Um, Americans, we've got more than anybody's ever had and we're the unhappiest anyone's ever been um, because the eyes have dropped from heavenly, uh, heavenly expectation and hope in the gospel of Christ to we're so tempted to drift downwards and go, you know, I need a bigger house. I need a better car. I need a better job. I need, you know, uh, all of these things. You get the point that in the end, they... They don't create hope, they create anxiety. Um, and uh, so we should be so full with the gospel and so uh, ingrained with it that it's uh, we constantly beat it into our, into our minds that we may have hope. And what is that hope for? Um, you know, it's for our own edification, but it's also that people will see our hope and we can glorify the name of our Father to those that, um, that are without, that we can go through hard times and have hope and they, and people will see us and say, what, what do you, why do you have hope in this? Um, Joe Biden was elected president. How do you, we can explain how we have hope, how we have a greater anticipation that this, this is all temporal. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, that we have a greater expectation, um, in Christ that his uh, that we strive to be servants unto him um, because his yoke is easy and his burden is light um, rather than serving ourselves where as we discussed earlier the yoke is is hard and the burden is heavy um, so uh, and of course uh, if anyone in here if there's uh, any that have not believed then the simple question is, why not? You have the the evidence is here. Um, God has given His word and His. Ev- uh, you have all of the gospel agreeing and working together, um, and it is the most you know lengthy or the most accurate book that that exists. Um, that you have different writers again from different education levels. Just in the and the gospels alone, you have um, fishermen, tax collectors, um, you know, people from different walks of life, different ex- educations, um, you know, different different time periods, and they all agree and say the same thing. Um, and the same the thing that they're saying is God is real, and His Son Jesus is the only way. Um, so in John, uh, seven thirty seven, I think brother Lewis has probably read this about 500 times when he was going through John seven. So I won't bore you by turning back to it. Um, but Christ says, if any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Um, so if you haven't believed, believe if you're thirsty, come and drink. Um, you'll find that service unto him is not. Um, it's not like service unto self that leaves you depressed and run down and, and feeling, um, you know, feeling alone. Um, 
you know, you, you think of, and thinking of that, you think of Tom Brady, that um, those of you that are not sports people, I apologize. Uh, Tom Brady is a um, considered one of the best quarterbacks ever, has six Super Bowl rings, uh, millions and millions of dollars. And they interviewed him a couple of years ago, and he said, there has to be more to life than this. There's got to be more to life. He has everything. Brothers and sisters, we're in bad shape if we're chasing after what he has, and he's already has it and says, there's got to be more. There has to be more. Um, and there is. Jesus Christ is more. He is the answer. He is the um, the escape from that prison cell um, of self-service um, because it's you're in, you're in bondage to some, you know in service to somebody. Um, so let it be that we uh, strive to be uh, in service more to Christ that we would have the hope of the gospel that it would so fill us that it, we can't help but um, let it glow out and to express, what Christ has done for us, um, and to tell others to come and drink. Um, you know, there is satisfaction for the broken soul, um, and it is Jesus Christ. Um, so that is, uh, that's what I have. We'll uh, close in prayer real quick. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we, uh, Father, we just praise your uh, praise your holy name this uh, this afternoon. We thank you for um, for your word, and Father, we thank you for the um, for the reality of of Scripture that um, that you prophesied of of your Son coming, and that you were faithful and um, and that you showed your power in, in sending him in the exact way you said you would, Father, um, and that he came and he did fulfill his mission to save unrighteous sinners and to draw them, uh, draw them to yourself, that we would be called sons of sons of God. Um, Father, we pray that you would just uh, bless us to latch on to that reality, that, that uh, you might increase our faith, increase our hope, um, that we might have full confidence that you are, um, you are God and that there are no others above you and that you, um, Hold the world in your hand. Um, Father, we just uh, praise you for that reality. We thank you so much for um, for your saving mercy. And now that we, uh, we pray that you would bless us as we begin our new week. Bless each one here with, uh, with the grace to endure uh, what uh, what is to come. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.